Again, this is uh, How to Pakistan. Musharraf Zaidi is with me, and as usual, welcome everyone. So, Gana uh, kaise laga apko? It's like it's like the sad. Uh, it's a Bon Jovi song. Yes, yeah, you can, know it. Of course. I, well, to be honest with you, I know this. I know the sound. Right. Uh, anytime I hear John Bon Jovi, I can. I can this this is the one song of theirs which is kind of really arty. The lyrics are amazing. I think the lyrics of a lot of Bon Jovi stuff are pretty cool. Like I, I know it's like cool to like look down upon Bon Jovi. I think after Keep like the Bruce Faith, Springsteen. it was deserved, right? Before that, it was great stuff. See, I don't necessarily agree. Like, okay, so Bruce is, of course, Bruce is Bruce, right? Yeah. And so New Jersey is, you know, yeah. starting point is Bruce. Yeah. And then if you're really cool, then you like Skid Row. Yes. <laughs> right. And then in the middle, yeah. you yeah. kind of just leave Bon Jovi out. Yes. But the truth of the matter is, everybody that. That, that's heard Bruce and heard Skid Row yeah. has also heard Bon Jovi yeah. and deep in their heart kind of likes them I, I like them I love them the recent stuff it's, I haven't it's really it's kind of like the truth right like deep in, in your heart like everybody knows the truth uh, like for example what's happening in Pakistan yes. right now like people yes. know what's happening we should put it to song so that we don't have to speak about it I, I don't think there'll be a lot of sound coming out of that song <laughs> because you know I mean, yeah. I mean, the idea is you don't just want to shut down a specific mention of one or two or three incidents. Yes. What you want to shut down is the capacity of the national discourse to challenge a certain thread within the national discourse. That, yeah. That's actually the project. And I look at it differently. It's like rather than concentrating on having the exclusive purview over violence. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear a phone? Yes, I can actually. Hold on. Yeah. Sorry, this is the benefit of having good sound. <laughs> you start hearing things. Yeah, yeah. And so we keep interrupting the yeah. conversation. Probably for the better anyway, <laughs> given the direction that the conversation is taking. Yeah, yeah. So we had a, uh, we had a situation in, uh, I guess it was in Vizidistan? Yes. Last Sunday. Uh, you and I talked about whether or not we should uh, try to do a recording. Uh, we spoke on Monday, then we spoke again on Tuesday. Yeah. Then uh, you said, let's wait till Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. Yes. So uh, what do we think? I mean... Honestly, it's the most depressing news I've heard in some time. Wait, more depressing than whatever happened in Game of Thrones? The other Way more the depressing. Other yeah. No, I mean, look... And, I, I mean, I, what about the dollar, the dollar rate? The dollar it's rate, so yeah. The I, dollar rate. So the beauty of the dollar rate is that eventually they're flexible and you can get back to a good point if you do well enough. But once you kill somebody, you can't it, bring them back to you life. You can't bring them back to life. And um, I just think that given what's happened is one thing, but the potential for it to escalate without having any sort of sane heads, uh, heads that want to have some form of reconciliation, meeting, you know, long-standing demands. These are all things that are 
incredibly important and need to happen. And, you know, you might not like how somebody says something, but ultimately this is something that needs to be resolved and listened to. And hopefully that the sort of trend that we're at where we've got sort of a brute force, even when it comes to argument where you have like a thousand voices trying to shut down just one argument, I think that that's not serving any benefit. I guess the, I mean, the first thing to, to recognize is that the, death is never far away in many parts of our country. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this in the piece as well, and it's true. If you do a calculation of the last uh, two weeks, I think 12 soldiers have died yeah. in terrorist-related yeah. incidents. I don't believe that any soldiers uh, were fatally injured in any way in this specific incident. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that those soldiers aren't serving in incredibly difficult circumstances. Absolutely. What are these soldiers for? Yeah. I mean, that's really foundationally, right? Yeah. When we get into this whole debate, foundationally, it's a pretty simple question. Why does this country have a st an amazing, powerful well-disciplined, efficient, coherent standing army. Mm. What are the soldiers standing there for? And my understanding of it is they stand there for me. Mm. They stand there for you. They stand there for the 13 dead Pakistanis yeah. that are never coming back because they're dead now. It is for their protection that the entire edifice exists. And so when you have an incident like this, it really causes a massive short circuit of the entire contract, right? Yeah. And so if we step away from the emotion of it, which is difficult, I think, I don't know about people listening in. I, I know that a lot of our listeners um, are deeply invested in, in these things, uh, but I can't speak for them, but I can speak a little bit for you, as I often do on this, <laughs> in this conversation, and I can speak for me. The short circuit happens when the way things are supposed to be get flipped on their head. And instead of trying to process through that, we try and pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, look, I, I think one of the problems, and I think this has to be, uh, is the, I mean, just two, three weeks ago when you had the ISBR presser and that I thought was... There was nothing, or at least incident-wise, that really justified that particular amping up of the rhetoric. And one of the things is when that happens, you continue to have more and more pressure built up. I also think that it compromises the army, is that when they take these sort of positions publicly, they shouldn't be seen to be speaking on them, and get the government, essentially, to move the needle forward. I, also I think don't think you should ever have a frat boy yeah. sort of you know, with a mic. Yeah. Frat boys with a mic are barely okay at frat parties. <laughs> but but beyond that, they, they have no role in any, yeah, yeah. In any society. Or, yeah. You know. and, and I also think one of the big <coughs> problems is that, okay, I think it would have, there would have been a recognition with the government is that, wait a second, we have to get in between this right now. Uh, this is just going to significantly get worse. 
And the silence, which is either that, you know, they're beholden or they're trying to figure out what space they have, is a problem because whichever way they choose to take it, right? We're, you can't just have Murad Saeed or Ali Muhammad Khan leading the charge by saying a couple of things in the assembly. You have to have the government, you have to have the prime minister get in and you, because the prime minister for, you know, I think he has probably more credibility in the tribal areas than a lot of people, given his long-standing... Is there one politician in the mainstream in Pakistan that has more credibility in the districts formerly known as FATA than, than Imran Khan? Is there, some, is there any politician that has a greater... So I think it's hard to know, but I genuinely I think it. he would probably be on top, be right? And, and I think it's an abdication of duty. It is a significant problem. It is one which is going to cause much, much more. I, I'm, I'm not even sure if he would handle it with sagacity. All right, so, but so. the fact that you're not there in the center of it, because I really think that's the critical thing, is like when you look at the prime minister, one of the key things is forget about the dollar. We care about the dollar. We care about these things. But it's also to keep the federation healthy. And we knew that, you know, the merger... I don't even think the merger has created this problem per se. I think it's just something that's been... I think it's the absence of the merger that... Yeah, that's it's one, of, this problem, yeah, one so. is one, one is that. But I also think that, you know, whatever <clears throat> you do, it's going to take time to develop this area. And that's why it requires... Well, a cut takes a second, right? If you yeah. take a blade yeah. and... Right? Absolutely. Now, the, now it's bleeding. But then you keep looking at that spot. First you stop the bleeding, and yeah. then you look at it, and it takes a week, 10 days, 15 yeah. days, depending on how deep and how wide the cut is. Yeah. You might have a scar for 20 years before yeah. it fully, yeah. fully recovers. So in, in this particular case, I mean, I, I, I really wished, you know, one of the things that you, sometimes we do say this, I, even I'm, you know, guilty of it in the past is like, whoever's the prime minister, you just say, something's happened, where's the prime minister? But I think this was one of those things where you realize that if you look at it moving forward from now on, it's a bit of an open wound. Uh, it's one that's going to take time to heal. It's one... Is it possible to have like an honest, fair, objective conversation about this topic? No. That's the problem. So, so you know that I have this weird conviction that it's possible for every topic. Yeah. As long as we set some rules and yeah. then we abide by them. Yeah. I, mean, one of the, I think a foundational rule is respect. Yes. The problem with the efforts to litigate this topic yes. are that on both sides, the starting point accusation is kind of an irreconcilable. Yeah. When you say to a Pakhtun who's from the tribal areas or a Pakhtun who feels for the tribal areas or a normal human being yeah. who has empathy with the people in the tribal areas, including, by the way, Afghan citizens yeah. who are not fans of the Pakistani state. Yeah. They, they also have agency yeah. to, to have their views. Yeah. Right? right? Like, I mean, I think that it's hard for somebody like me to, to acknowledge that even. Yeah. But, but actually, that, that reality exists. Yeah. When you say to that person that the purpose of your agitation or your expression of dissent is to undermine the state, that basically, foundationally, your intent is malign. 
Yeah. Forget what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Checkpoints. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Missing persons. But the foundational intent yeah. is the dismantling of the state of Pakistan. Yeah. That's a pretty tough uh, pill for somebody to swallow on the other side yeah. to say, you know what, I can continue engaging with this person rationally yeah. on the one end. And on the other, if somebody were to ask, what, why have a protest in such proximity to people, uniform members of the armed forces whose yeah. job is to protect certain areas? Yeah. Right? Not knowing the thing, it's a legitimate, I think, it's a legitimate question, is there is an element of provocation in, in it's a thread that is thin but it's there and in fact part of the appeal for a lot of progressives and liberals in this country is that provocation they seek provocation not not malign not with malign intent but I think with the legitimate there's a way to frame this legitimately and say actually that every society needs to have institutions that are not holy cows no matter what institution it is and that an element of provocateurs, within the discourse must exist to keep everybody on their toes. Yeah. Having said that, the question of provocation, I think is a legitimate one. But if I ask this question of you mm. and you're a PDM supporter, mm. your instinctive reaction will be Atakyo Saitka, Dalhor, Punjabi chauvinist. I mean, we've now, it's an amazing thing. And you remember that a year and a half ago when we were having these discussions, yeah. one of the reasons I didn't want to get into this and yeah. one of the reasons you didn't want to get into this, we both knew where this is headed. We yeah. both knew that eventually friends will be debating ethnicity with each other yeah. without having the tools to debate them. Now, you and yeah. I can do accents with each other yeah. and we've even done it on the podcast <laughs> and yeah. we've gotten away with it. Yeah. Right? And we can, we, we can actually even say some pretty nasty things, but yeah. we have the benefit of a decade plus of intense yeah. exchanges. Yeah. And emotions and, and, and mutual respect and all of that. Yeah. And also we're in our forties. Yeah. Like it's not that hard to do this when you're yeah. when your bones aren't as unless you're new to WhatsApp. It <laughs> <laughs> I mean, makes a sixty year old or crazy, like teenage hormones rage. And I mean I think that's a mental like that's a public health issue. Yeah. Like the mental health of I would say fifty five plus year old men in particular. Yeah, but but women too, uh, is a public health crisis in this country. Yeah, the way in which, I mean, did you see Ramiz Raja going off about? Uh, there's this TikTok video. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you know what? Although I'm new to TikTok, I really like it. So I, I didn't see it on TikTok. I just right. saw. I'll tell you who. It was of course our other comrade, uh, in the project to dismantle everything that is good and holy. Um, his name is Raza Rumi. So right. he had done this. Uh, I think you've got to see this because I think it really captures the kind of. And I know I'm going to get in trouble for this because, you know, we're supposed to. Yeah. Basically, it's a freedom of expression issue. Basically, everyone is allowed to say whatever they want um, because if you, if you criticize, it's a freedom of freedom of speech thing and then people are out to call are allowed to call you and your mother and your sister and your whole family things yeah. because it, that's their freedom of expression yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can't say anything negative about somebody because yeah. you're undermining their freedom of expression yeah. and you have to sit and endure the abuse of others yeah. because that's their freedom of expression so you're kind of uh, <laughs> it's uh, 
fun. You're no. holding up traffic, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not my it's not my first time. Um, it's really a remarkable uh, it's a remarkable clip, uh, which does merit this long wait. Just because I think we need to. It's just 30 seconds. Okay, let's see. I think hear it. we're going to play it for. Her. All right. So, this is um, this sentiment. This is Razarumi tweeting on the 28th of May. Okay. This sentiment, the infallible hero, represents many Imran Khan supporters. And then he does a hashtag social psychology, right. which I think is a total troll <laughs> job. Like, like, I think Raju is just basically you know, sort of trolling. Right. Like, I don't know, 22 million people. Really? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> That's here. how many people voted for Khan right. for right. Sam, right? So here, here it is. And you got to see the expressions on the face of whatever uh, Samina Pirzada, I think that's her name. Um, what's happening? Uh, you, you really got to see the expression. Yeah. She's the interviewer here, right? Okay. And that's Ramiz Raja. So we're going to go. Pakistan is words he will succeed he <laughs> is bound to succeed aap jo marzi kar le is insaan ka aap kuch nahi kar sakenge ye aapko hazar mein se hazar dafa galat prove karega just because ek to niyat ka saaf hai aur dusra hard working hai and bala ki intelligence hai mein <laughs> so so let's break this down i, I just <laughs> i just this is like this is a mainstream view. Mm. What, what was the three reasons why a thousand out of a thousand times you'll be proven wrong? Uh, yes. intelligence. So that's the one that really sticks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder why, I wonder why that's the one you remember. Balaki <laughs> intelligence <laughs> is hard working. Hard working, huh? What was the first one? First one, you get, huh? He's destined to succeed. Nay. Nay? Nay, nay, we gotta watch it again. It's too good. We're gonna do this again. Okay. All right? Oh, good lord. I like the pace of the conversation today. I wonder why, uh, because the mic is good and we're trying to be NPR. <laughs> I think it's also because there's a degree of darkness that has descended yeah. upon the discourse that we're trying to brighten a little bit with yeah. a few rays of sunshine yes. from dear, sweet from Rambo. Ramiz Raja. Yeah. سب کچھ پہ 
جب کسی کا اتنا یقین ہو اور یہ پروفیسی ہے سر کی کہ نیت صاف ہو اور ہارڈ ورکنگ ہو اور بلا کی انٹیلیجنس تو سب ٹھیک ہو جائے اینڈ دس از آفٹر نائن منتھس آف I I think uh having followed his cricket commentary for years right I assume ke he's just decided all of a sudden ke dost yaar bahash locker room mein bhi ek the aur ye zyati ho rahi hai uske sath log aaye hain bakwas kar rahe hain I mean I don't buy his reasoning at all right but what I'm just saying is I'm wondering why he did it and it's just انٹرویوئنگ which is like asking, did you see did you see the way she's like i mean it's just that like, that actually i found it's that whole more semi-garival yeah semi garival thing right yeah. so that i found like mouth agape so yeah, just like yeah and ke koi bahut badi truth aa rahi hai theek hai ke intezar kar background music shuru hone wala hai prophecy hai to usse zyada truth kya ho sakti hai nahi i agree ye mujhe yaad hai i won't take this guy's name because But there's another interview in Pakistan. I was once watching his program. I'll tell you off air who it was. No, you'll tell us on air. It's fun. Okay, okay. It, it was um, Suhail Wadaich. So I won't tell who he was interviewing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me keep it at that. Okay. And I, one time I'm just looking at him and I said, how does he do it? How right? does he produce the, the earnestness? The earnestness. Yeah. And secondly, yeah. within that earnestness, he finds ways to worm in a couple of uh, difficult questions. And sometimes... He asks really uh, bad questions. So, so, but the question, so I guess my so he, problem with that analogy is that, uh, and I mean, with due respect to Samin Appa and mm. to Suhail Bhai, that, that's no comparison. Suhail yeah. Vraich is a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Suhail Vraich uses his approachability and his folksy, like, accessibility to destroy. He, he's the Columbo of Pakistani yeah, journalism. to destroy... Yeah. His, bad guys i mean yeah, yeah. soil varaj is a good guy yeah. he he destroys bad guys he finds the truth like that's yeah. kind of now uh, we may not like uh, you know some of his interviews yeah. or his politics might not be aligned but he's a hardcore old school folksy hero yeah yeah, yeah. samina pizada is i think a legendary actress yeah. and i think a lot of respect for that but this kind of mode of interview this kind yeah. of like I just This I'm is semi Agarwal style, right? I But think it's Garewal. Garewal? Yeah, Garewal. Garewal. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Not not all, you know, it's like not all Hindus are named like, you know, Manish. Right. right? Like, and by the way, we have a lot of Sure, uh, couple. No, and we have a lot of Hindu listeners. Right. So I want you to apologize for messing up because Agarwal's by the way, uh-huh. like one of my best friends in yeah. grade 5. I don't know. 
actually, you know, we should use the podcast to find our old friends. In grade five in, yeah. in Mississauga, I had a classmate. His name was Manish Agrawal. Right. And every time I do a Google search of Manish Agrawal, I swear to God, there's like 800 million Manish Agrawal. <laughs> right? Like it's not even, okay, 800 yeah. million is, a, is an exaggeration. Yeah. There's about 740 million yeah. Manish Agrawal. So I've been looking for this dude yeah. for like, you know, just to like see how he's doing and say hi yeah. or whatever. But basically the Agrawals are the great people. And you just mess them up with the Garevals, who yeah. are different from the Agravals. And I want you to apologize to our Indian, not Indian, to yeah. our Hindu listeners. Yeah, I am very sorry. It was uh, oversight on my part, but I meant no ill will. But I just want to ask the question that Soel Varaich once asked, right? So he's interviewing the personality, a personality's children, and that personality had been uh, divorced. Um, and so he asks, uh, I think it was the daughter or the son, Jab aapki mami aur papa ki talaq hui, aapko kaise mehsoos hua? And it's like, what a difficult question to ask in such a, it's a matter of fact. Way, yeah, it's un- unreal, yeah. unreal, unreal talent. Um, are we going to, I think it's too soon actually to have this conversation in the I mean I think one of the one of the things I am beginning to like about this medium Mm. is that we don't actually have to worry about the noise that it creates yeah it's a pretty contained medium yeah it's really too soon because I don't think we've processed either the anger or the hurt from what's happened yeah and and I do think there are legitimate questions that that BTM is answerable for. Hmm. Uh, the element of provocation and the almost almost effort to not uh, clear itself of some of the you know accusations and everything. That's because one guy was arrested and the other had to go into hiding and then he had to surrender himself. We don't have access to them so they're not there to speak no. for themselves. hold on. So this is the part where yeah. is a very difficult conversation because at a moment when 13 people have been killed and there is an unfair there's an unfair bias in the discourse. Mm. You know that I'm not a fan of piling on. Yeah. But I think to say that BTM hasn't had a chance to say stuff is I think patently like just inaccurate, right? Like, I mean, PTM has said a bunch of stuff. There's a few things that it keeps saying that are fantastic that nobody challenges. And then there's a few things that are kind of either under the current or just there, and they just leave them there as opposed to clearing it up. Like, if there's a stink bomb in a room, right, and you can get rid of that stink bomb and it makes your objectives being achieved easier, it's a pretty good question it's a simplistic one which is why I don't ask it which is mm-hmm. why actually I don't know what's happening right now because look, like look, I don't want to have no, I, I almost I, don't want to go there I right? know what you're saying but I, I think the one thing that I have in mind is that you know you look at who's stronger and who's weaker in this and whole that's equation why, and that's why right? I've trailed off yeah no I understand that and I, I and, and I credit you for that I just think the only thing that occurs to me is that in this particular case, 
Um, so on the provocation bit, right? I actually kind of agree with that in uh, in one way, but this is actually not rooted in any moral understanding or anything like that. It's just basically tactics. Not even tactics. It's it's a problem I have within myself, right? I don't like protest. I find that you know, uh, and, and and there's no reason for me not to like it, right? I didn't like the darna. I didn't like most sort of people getting around in agar torporo and all that. And were you always like this? Yeah. So what's funny is I like protest to the point of, like, if you and a third friend of ours was sitting here yeah. and you were having a discussion about something, yeah. Um, I would find something to disagree with. Yeah. Uh, because that's kind of an interesting entry point. What is interesting is I was very much against it there now, but it wasn't on the principle of not liking protest. Hmm. It was on the foundation of the protest and the esprit de corps of, of the protest. No, no. Right? So I had those problems with that too, but I've always recognized, I also have a problem with violence in that sense, right? So when you look at freedom fighters and all that, and I realize that there are some situations where there's no recourse but to take up arms. But there's a thing in me that just doesn't like the idea, and so I don't confuse it with my morality per se, right? You don't condemn it because you don't see it as bad or anything like this, but there's a hesitation on my part. In this particular case, right, so the idea of protest, however, one also has to look but at... What's funny is, just to, yeah. sorry, just to explore that a little bit further, yeah. what's funny is, I think at core, it's a kind of a weird thing for me to say, Yeah. so we can shut it down if, sure. if you don't like, but yeah. at core, you're actually not a anti-violence person. The, I don't know how to say I'm not saying you're a violent person. Yeah. But, you know, we had this discussion about you and guns. Yeah. And, and you know, it was funny. Because yes. I'm kind of the pro-state. Yeah. And okay with the state's ability to exert its force. Yeah. In fact, almost in some cases, I mean, certainly anti-TTP. Yeah. I mean, I celebrate that. Yeah. I celebrate the ability to take back the monopoly over violence. Yeah. Celebrate is maybe a strong word, but... I, I like it. Yeah. I don't like the other thing. I don't like 2008 to 2014. Yeah. Whereas, as a person, I'm a total wimp. Like, I really cannot stand violence, uh, guns, gore. It's a yeah. very, like, my core is, it's really ripped asunder yeah. by, by that stuff. And I think with you, it's kind of almost the opposite, whereas... Mm. Like, at your core, you're actually kind of like human beings are... Like, there's a lot of Freud and a lot of... Because yeah. I know you've read a lot of books about this. <laughs> <laughs> Englishman. So, but you're politically, or in terms of the public space, you're the opposite. You're yeah. kind of a... Politically, you're a pacifist, whereas yes. as a person, you're not. Yeah. As a person, I'm kind of a pacifist, but politically, I'm not. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is. That is. You're right, actually. You're, you're very right. Because the other thing I think is that even, even like on the operation, right, I was in favor of the operation, as uncomfortable as it made me, because I also recognize that my opinion... So with a little bit of reading is that my opinion is never going to resonate because it doesn't fall in line with what 
people believe, and that's an important thing to know also. So, and, and, I, I, and I think I learned it later in life is not to be disappointed by that. Uh, but, but I do feel strongly, so I'm just saying, is, so on the provocation thing, right? So just based on the, the way I am, but again, when we look at this, look, what's happened so far, and I agree with you, like we don't know uh, all the outcome of it. We do know how many people have died. We do know that uh, I, I personally believe that, you know, of whatever little video evidence there's out there, it doesn't look the way that it was initially presented. The second thing I think is that it's also a big call to make, you know, uh, that you go ahead and do this, uh, you know, this sort of thing, because it's not just these people, right? It resonates widely, and you have to think about what this means for the whole area. The last thing I do believe is that in terms of, again, is like, you know, the question of, like, why were they protesting? Right? And that's part of a longer demand, is that, uh, you know, we don't like how we're being checked. We don't like how, uh, you know, our houses are being raided. In this particular case, there's some thing about an elderly woman who may have in the brouhaha the day before been beaten or slapped or whatever it may have been. And again, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't have necessarily gone to a check post. But the point being is that I just think that I know there's my tilt is fairly evident, but the sort of um, even but staying in the middle on this is difficult, so, right? So, but that's that's kind of my question, Fuzzy. Yeah. Why should you, as as a human being, <laughs> why should I be put in the position of yeah. justifying a tilt? Yeah. As a human being, number yeah. one. As a Pakistani, why should I be put in the position of of, but of explaining that's exact, my tilt? Yeah. Yeah. My tilt is. Yeah. That thirteen human beings yeah. who carry the same ID card as my, as I do, yeah. who at, at the day of judgment and at the point of conception, yeah. I and they were exactly equal. Mm. That's what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has absolutely, with absolute, like we may not know a lot of things about life, bro. Yeah. But the one thing that you know that that monotheism and particularly Deen Islam is yeah. absolutely clear about is that conception to lights out the equality of man and woman and whatever else there exists in terms of human life that those souls are treated and judged equally seen equally and yeah. must be in terms of our aspirations dealt with equally yeah and so on the one hand i believe this and i feel it and i think whether for the sake of saying it or actually believing it i don't think you'll find a lot of people that will disagree with that yeah and concurrently, and this is where the partisanship, I think, begins, is that the state's ability to exert a certain order, at least for me as a statist, yeah. is, is very, it's inviolable. Yeah. I, I don't, I get why it needs to be challenged, and I'm comfortable with a certain quantum and space within which it's challenged. But when we end up with soldiers shooting citizens, not to suggest that it's the citizen's responsibility to not be shot, because mm. that's what it kind of ends up sounding like. Mm. It's absolutely the state's responsibility to point its bullets toward enemies, yeah. right? And the fact that so much of the discourse is now informed by this multicolor 4K conception of 5G, yeah, right? 
that in fifth generation warfare, yeah. you don't know who the enemy is. Yeah. And that makes every citizen potentially an enemy. Yeah. Now this is... This, this is really problematic. It's problematic. Yeah. And, and as a, as a, as a, this is a word that in a different context has become a real problem for, for some friends of mine. But as a realist, and by this I don't mean the political construct sense of the word, I just literally mean it like in the English language, as yeah. a person that likes to live in the real world, right? Yeah. The, the idea that there isn't something like fifth generation warfare is complete nonsense. Mm. It absolutely is out there. Yeah. But prosecuting that war yeah. in this way, it almost seems like a formula for defeat. If, yeah. if the enemy wants to tear Fussy and Musharraf apart on the basis of ethnicity, yeah. get the one ethnicity that has slightly more power in the public imagination yeah. to poke the other one. Forget yeah. about killing. Yeah. Just poke it. Yeah. Poke. Yeah. By, for, the, for, the, for the benefit of yeah. listeners who can't see what I'm doing, yeah. I'm actually poking Fussy. Yeah. Quite, not violently, but yeah. a little bit. <laughs> There's no element of seduction yeah. <laughs> in, in the poke. He just likes the plush toy effect. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to say, I was enjoying the plush toy effect. I apologize. But the point is, it's cool. Like, I'm saying that even if we take everything that's coming from the security establishment yeah. on face value, it doesn't seem to me that this is the way to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. The other thing, I, I agree with that. Quite apart yeah. from the humanity yeah, and yeah. the citizenship and the fundamental rights and the, and the wrongness yeah. of all. No, the, it's uh, just, uh, this is not how so, you win. Yeah, I agree. And maybe a lead-on point to this is like, the problem I have with what I'm seeing is, right, I actually think it would be a reasonable position for everyone all across the spectrum to say is like, this shouldn't have happened. Let's wait for the information to get in. We'll create, you know, a body that will look into it just to make sure something like this doesn't happen. As, you know, moderate as that is an outcome, as most people would even say, let's wait for this, right? We pray for the dead, but let's wait for this and we'll see before. The, again, when you see how the whole, you know, sort of subcurrent of state apparatus is out to create a narrative, it becomes a problem because it becomes one of one which is actually further driving the wedge in that particular, and the effort is probably elsewhere. And I, I cannot believe where this conversation has yeah, ended up. Yeah. Because here's what I think of the prospect. No, yeah. let me correct myself. Yeah. Here's what I think many people will think yeah. of the prospect of an inquiry. Yeah. There was a guy who happened to be a judge yeah. that was asked to do an inquiry of an incident in Quetta. Yeah. As a result of what he wrote in that incident. Yeah. And then Fezabad. And then Fezabad. Yeah. And, and, and then others. Yeah. He's now clearly being Victimized, yeah, target, tarnished. For having the courage of his convictions yeah. to articulate his understanding of it. He might be wrong, yeah. but I think there is an element of courage in articulating a set of viewpoints yeah. uh, that are what they are. Yeah. And I think the thing about people's fascination with Pashtin is not so much that they agree with him. Well-to-do Pashtuns, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem 
they can they can necessarily relate to There's what, a whole class that what, don't like the idea that the underclass now has a rep. No, right? So quite apart, but there's yeah. also like, you know, I, I, there's plenty of very well-to-do Pakhtuns yeah. who actually are big fans. I think the, the, that element of, of being a fan, of, of supporting that, that narrative, isn't so much a lived experience of brutality. Yeah. Because they haven't. They, yeah. they, they are, in many ways, many of them are beneficiaries, are participants in the, what you might call the elite uh, party yeah, uh, yeah. of Pakistan, right? Yeah. And, and by party, I don't mean, yeah. like, I mean actual party, like yeah. where the elite, no matter what background they're from, yeah. once they are part of the elite, they all partake in the, in the spoils. Yeah. yeah. Despite that, they can relate to and they like what what Pashtin is saying. And I think the, the element of that that I find in terms of common thread is this element of protest. Yeah. Not protest as standing and protesting, but element of protest in that thread of provocation yeah. or that element of courage. And that's yeah. really what Ghazi uh, Faiz Isa, in yeah. a sense, has done. I don't think he's done it. I don't think he was looking to be a hero. I yeah. think he probably just was asked to do an inquiry, yeah. had a history of being a straight up stand up guy yeah. and and wrote what he what he believed yeah what it's produced is an effort quite clearly yeah are you asking me to stop talking <laughs> <laughs> should we should we I don't think like, we have up to now <laughs> no because this whole conversation wasn't supposed to go down like yeah this. yeah and but you're right I don't even know if we're, I yeah, mean, we but I I just tell you one thing I mean I think on this particular thing is again it's so evident what's happening and uh, the thing I have two three fears right I think one is that all these people who I mean there are many people I don't agree with but I know for a fact they just believe what I think is the wrong thing but they're actually pretty decent honest people and there's actually one journalist I sometimes tell you about that you know, I do admire because I don't think he can be bought, even though he'll say like something that'll make you go crazy. And and I just think that the space for those people, like as the guys who are sticking the their necks The space for those people is shrinking. But yeah. I think you and I need to, and I think listeners also, and this is the part where actually I'm not at all apologetic about this. Yeah. I think we have to understand that the state structure and the elements therein and the instruments of state power that we're dealing with are not pre-2008, they're post-2014. Yeah. And that's a very, very specific thing that I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You have exercised a number of freedoms in this country in yeah. terms of expression that actually are unparalleled in the Muslim world by far, but I would say even beyond that. Yeah. The way that we can criticize the state in this yeah. country has been quite remarkable. Yeah. We have had a lot of freedom. Yeah. What has happened after 2014 is that the members of the armed forces in particular and the intelligence services have gone out and essentially, and, and frankly, with not a lot of help from anywhere, yeah. uh, through the f- sheer force of power and professionalism and, and bravery, they've gone and they've beheaded a multi-headed monster yeah. of violent extremism. Yeah. They haven't fixed the problem. They haven't de Like, this is not a... Uh, carte blanche kind of a that yeah. you know they've done everything but what they've done no other country's done no yeah. other military's done no other intelligence service has done and so now the prosecutors of that war the captains the majors and the lieutenant colonels and I say this very yeah. specifically yeah. that range of folks that was leading 
on the by foot with guns in hand, with the sun beating down and bullets flying left, right, and center, mines going off, bombs going off, not knowing who the enemy is, who the combatant is, who a friendly is, trying to manage that terrain of war, they won that war. And through that process, the noises that they were hearing were political bickering and uh, this narrative of corruption, yeah. right or wrong. I mean, we can, we can have that separate. And so those folks now, I don't think can have the kind of tolerance and breadth of uh, appetite for dissent that you and yeah. I do because their lived experience is yeah. very different from mine. We can only talk about it. They've actually lived it. Now, is some of it uh, exaggerated? Some of it deliberately, some of it by default. Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. But the point is that there's another flip side to this. The one side of it is that you and I appreciate that even if somebody's off the ramp, which I think in some cases, certainly some of the slogans being used, they are way off the mark. But I also think we need to have a society that can actually handle that. Mm. But you and I aren't the people wearing that vardi. Yeah. And you and I aren't the people with holes in that vardi that are bullets that yeah. were fired in those areas yeah. where these these slogans are being used. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think we're we're confronted by a very difficult conversation that none of our leaders, uh, senior mem- members of the armed forces, senior members in executive office in government, senior people in the media, senior religious clerics, I mean, you look at, is there one area where you can look at and say, you know what, I want these people to negotiate a truce between what is clearly two very distinct visions and narratives about Pakistan and how it should be. And the point is not, you know, there's this narrative about neutrality and being a centrist and everything was kind Mm of, uh, there was recently some talk about, you know, People, people are having a go at being centrist. Mm. And I, I don't know what that go is about or how mm. they define it, but saying that there needs to be a reconciliation no, the, is, I, not, is, not, yeah. is not moral equivalence. It's not yeah. saying that one side is equal to the other side. It's simply saying that the way things are, no matter how ugly one side might be and how pretty the other might be, and actually there'll be the exact opposite viewpoints yeah. in large numbers on either side. Yeah. And that's why you do need a process that can create some engagement, right? Yeah. And so I was actually a little bit excited about the Senate uh, committee. Yeah. And there's a picture of Bedister Saf and, yeah. uh, and Pashtin yeah. inside the Senate. There was some yeah. sort of a conversation there. I mean, if the Senate is going to finally be a useful body uh, a vessel to bring Pakistanis together and to yeah. solve a public policy challenge, which this certainly is, then bravo. So, I mean, I think, no, I, I, I do agree with some of the things that you're saying. I think one of the questions maybe, um, I haven't really followed the centrism argument online. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but I think one of the problems sometimes is that with uh, maybe centrism within the Pakistani context is that you tend to end up somehow taking the side of the powerful, which happens on occasion, or or that it um, sort of prioritized de facto over de jure. You see what I'm saying, right? Because one of the things is when you come to the center, we're realists. And I think over time, even I've become a realist in many things. I've realized that things won't happen. 
I think that one of the key aspects that um, on the argument you're making, I agree also. Like, look, winning this war is unparalleled. If you remember, even in 2011, we were wondering, like, who's going to do anything about this? It was a black hole. It was a black no hole, way. right? No, I, I just cannot believe how quickly they won it. And that is full credit to the army to doing that, right? Because for the first time, we actually thought that this state was really, really weak in a way that we never believed it Before. ever could be. Yeah. And plus, the slide was so incredibly quick that I think all of us were in PTSD at that time. Because we could not reconcile. Years, 08 to 12. Yeah, yeah. nobody could reconcile that how is this even possible. Yeah. And add to it is that forget about the security point is just because of how we miscalculated electricity. We were also thrown into the Stone Age. We had all these fancy appliances and nothing to juice them up with. And it was just this combination effect of so many things happening. Now, I agree with you that it will take you to one certain site you know, a mental state. And that's where, like, this is the experience of many countries around the world. One of the things about having civilians to mediate and get these things off the ground is primarily because they can put yourselves in that space to say, you know, yes, you've done brilliantly, this is it, but at this point, you know, we have to take over. There are things that we'll be able to negotiate that will not happen otherwise. The second thing I think is also is this is a problem is that when you have a de facto situation where the army gets overwhelming power over the other side, the executive, is that it tends to see the world as it sees itself, which is a centralized and for however it operates, it's efficient because it's town, top down. It has a set of parameters and things that it wants to achieve. And it wants to see maybe actually mold the rest into its image. The problem, though, is that this is not the right country to do that in. This country, for whatever bickerings it may have on the ethnic side, whatever bickerings it may have on the sectarian side, these all can be managed. The thing is that their outcomes look to an economist to be inefficient. But when you're running a federation, right, it actually does not make sense to event. If you were a traditional uh, you know, a outcome-oriented economist, you'd say, okay, let's not put money into Balochistan, let's make sure that the Karachi project expands, you know, we get more in the outskirts of Lahore in the industry, because you get a bigger return on that, but... No, but and then you combine it with the idiocy of, yeah. of these essentially fanboys. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think I'm exactly. done being nice about yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, this guy that yeah. you know, who's recording, we were just playing. Yes. I mean, he's an idiot. He should not. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. an idiotic thing yeah. to say that a country of 210 million people yeah. with like God knows 30 odd percent, you know, yeah. under the poverty line, and a guy who's genuinely invested in solving those problems, right? Like the prime minister isn't the idiot here, yeah. right? But but this narrative that you know hard work and good intentions and they're not enough uh, I mean yeah. hello man yeah. like no you need an administrative infrastructure yeah. that's capable of delivering yeah. what do you have you have something that was invented in the 1850s yeah. that whose name has been changed three times Indian Administrative Service Central, Central Superior, Superior Service, uh, Central Superior Service, Pakistan uh, pa uh, nee, District Management yeah. Group, and now Pakistan. Four different names have changed and we're and 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 so Ramiz Raja wants yeah. like to rub the Aladdin's lamp and yeah. and create some sort of. It's it's not going to happen, bro. Yeah. Like, and and the thing is that I think there's a lot of serious, educated adult folks 
you know, that that really believed the 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 the, the fiction yeah. of of uh, good intentions and. Unfortunately, good intentions aren't enough. Thirteen of our brothers and sisters have died in this incident. Twelve of our bravest and most valiant sons and yeah. and uh, you know brothers have died as wearing the uniform in that same area. This is complicated stuff. Uh, there's a lot of really really angry and hurt Pakhtuns in this country, and it breaks me to think that you have to be Pakhtun to have this feeling of yeah. of of, uh, of connection with these with these children with these men with these with these women with these people these are not other people these are my people and these are the people that those soldiers are protect and those soldiers are our soldiers my soldiers and the soldiers that work for the people that were at that protest it's it's a complicated uh difficult scenario and it needs adult treatment Right, I, and, and I, I just don't see yeah. where it's going to I mean, come from. I will also add one thing: is I think one thing that I do agree, and I've seen this in at least some of the fringes, which is the anti-Punjabi sentiment. Whatever happens, that cannot grow or cannot be condoned. It's absolutely vile and ugly, and it's one of the things that it's uh, what the enemy. But it's what the enemy wants. Yeah. I mean, if you were trying to prosecute a fifth-generation warfare successfully, you wouldn't allow things but, to come to this but point. The, but the other thing, right? The other problem that I see is is that the people in all the provinces in this, right? The poor are, or the relatively just the minor privileged, they're being pitted through this lack of foresight, through this lack of giving space to one another. And this is just going to grow into a monster, right? You can quell something now by curbing the press, by doing something else, but you, look, it's not just that it's being reproduced in Fata, it's also in the rest of the country. Like when we talk about Faiz Isa, all these other things, this is part of this larger top-down model seeking to find efficiencies, or at least, in my opinion, I think one of the big questions is what you're looking for is certainty. Right? When you find people, when they say, why can't we all be one? Or why can't we all speak just one language or whatever? They're searching for certainty because they're not comfortable with people being moderately different. But I think that this area has lived centuries. No, but it's always my way, right? Yeah. Everybody should have the same syllabus, but it should be the syllabus at KGS. Yes. Everybody should have the same language, but it better be Urdu. Because that's our language. Like what? No. If everybody should have the uh, the same thing, let's all move to the madrasa system. Yeah. Let's all start speaking Pashto. Yeah. I mean, you want to solve the yeah. Afghanistan problem one for once and for all? Yeah. I mean, ek googli hai. Yeah. Pashto ko national language bana do. Yeah. Saron ko laka laka kar do. Yeah. Like including my yeah. kids. Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah, yeah, Why isn't that a solution yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to one of these problems? So, so that's, Why? Yeah, no, yeah. but there's an answer. There is an answer. Nobody's going to give up a thousand years of their culture. Yeah. Nobody's going to give up what their mother and their yeah. grandmother gave them. Yeah. Nobody's going to give up the bhangra or the tight pajamas yeah. that we wear yeah. or the bravi sort of poetry. Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to give up, you know, bulisha and, I mean, the richness of sin. People, yeah. you know, because people like that stuff. Yeah. And and I think it's very difficult for people like Ramiz Raja to understand why, because they're vapid, vacuous, empty vessels <laughs> who think that some dude can just strut on in because he's handsome and, and fix your problems. Yeah. Uh, I'm done with being patient about yeah. this. I, I really think these people need to be called out for the simplicity and naivety and stupidity of, of what they're doing because they're actually churning out 
new versions of themselves. It's, it's like a printing press. Yeah. And, and it has to stop. This is a complicated, difficult country. Yeah. One of the most complicated on the planet. And yes, I say that with full, like, you know, I have no hang-ups yeah. about the specialness of this place. It's a very special place. And if it's special, it needs to be treated delicately, yeah. carefully, with consideration. People die. Uh, you know, for this country, in this country, because of this, we have to, we have to care for that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. We started this conversation with a, again, with a quite long pre-conversation. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and we don't listen to ourselves. Because we have said that it's serious. We have to light it, but we can't. No, that's the problem. I look. I I I see it. Right. I'm. just at a loss for words i think one of the biggest things that is happening right now is that people see the provinces or people see other ethnicities as a root cause of inefficiency as because there's this way of this belief that you know one of the things that you have to overcome in a federation is that you have to consistently make compromises and that compromise strengthens the federation it creates um, you know a it actually creates a centrifugal force that brings people together it's interesting to see some countries which are exactly just one ethnicity and they they do have it easier in many ways they are more likely to support their uh, you know whether it's taxation whether it's XYZ but here It's just a mistake to move into this centralizing uh, push. It is, and the odd thing is, I think, is that I would be much more lenient in my assessment of it if it, this is the first time we tried it, right? You have a Yub Khan before that. You have Zia. You have I, you all know know these guys who've do done is, it. Yeah. You know what I'd love to do is yeah. to, like a whole separate series on cognitive bias yeah. and on learning like natural constraints to learning. Yes. I think if, you know, like day one of your job as a CEO of something is day one of your job as a CEO. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it, there's very few leaders who are able to learn from what's happened already. Yeah. Because it's almost like the world begins on that day. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because... of the nature of cognitive bias yes. because of prospect theory, because of yeah. anchoring. You know, there's a lot yeah. of these heuristics that our mind actually trains us to make the same mistakes over and over yeah. again. And, uh, of course, Tversky and Kahneman have, you know, done all this work. Yeah. I think the most accessible way of, of getting to it is to read Michael Lewis's treatment. Uh, it's called The Undoing Project. Right. Michael Lewis, as you know, is my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I think he's uh, the whole world's favorite uh, yeah. nonfiction author. Yeah. He tells amazing, complex stories yeah. in, in an accessible way. I would strongly recommend uh, uh, listeners of the podcast to, to, to get their hands on, on The Undoing Project. Yeah. It, it tells the story of the life of Tversky and Kahneman, and then... There's a number of papers and, and, uh, and of course, the book by, by Kahneman himself, yeah. uh, which is called Thinking Fast and Slow. Yeah. I think these are tools that can help train, uh, you know, mid-career minds to be better prepared yeah. for being sort of top career, yeah. you know, when they're at the end of the line and in a position of authority. But in most cases, the ability of uh, 
the environs of a leader yeah. to basically misguide the leader. I mean, Pakistan yeah. has an amazing... I, I don't think there's any place on the planet. Like I said, it's a complicated place. Yeah. But the ability of the court and the court jesters yes. to basically create a, a fantasy universe for the king. Yeah. And I don't just mean the king in one city. Yeah. I mean the king in both cities. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, no, I know uh, what you mean. The capacity for... And for, especially if you're watching cable. Right. And, yeah. and, and cable is... I mean... No, let's be more explicit. And, and in fact, if you're you, watching primetime yes, talk shows yes. as a source for validation, yeah, uh, how many good things were said about me, yeah, uh, what bad things were said about me, uh, that's a problem. And yeah. then what's a bigger problem is the people watching those shows being all the people around you, yeah. then using essentially that plus yeah. their own biases and yeah. their own interests yeah. to basically uh, wrap you up in this fantasy alternate universe. Yeah. And so alternate sources of data yeah. and information for people in positions of authority incredibly important and consciousness of cognitive bias yeah. incredibly important yeah i'll tell you i mean it's interesting that we're not the only ones suffering from this because you have a commander in chief who gets up at 5am <laughs> to watch fox news and that makes his day and when you look and you find out that you know he's so out of step with exactly what's being wrought in the country it's partly due to exactly this effect that you're talking about but anyhow we are now going to leave we're going to hope things turn for the better and uh, anyhow i don't know how we are but we've got musharraf and what is this oh yeah i love this song so this is uh khuda office khuda office from, uh, myself Thanks for being here. Such an upbeat song, but if you listen to the title, you'll realize why Musharraf took it out. All right, thank you, goodbye, and good night. <laughs>